you know, he's the first person my own age that I knew that ever died. Well, he knew all the risks involved. What, the ex? Half the kids I know take it. If to get it from someone, it's not something you get killed over. Except that he did. Or not. Meaning? Look at who he grew up with. Look at who his father was. Look at everybody we know. Let's not get cute. When I'm being cute, I'll let you know. Ooh, wow. Mr. X takes a bullet for selling X. I don't know. I don't think so. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. I'm Jim Scampoli. I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen three whole seasons of The Sopranos now. Oh, gosh, what a journey it's been. Jackie's in the ground. Finally got him under there. I mean, had to happen, I guess. It. What's the, Who's the writer and director of this one, Jim? This episode, Army of One, um, the finale of the third season, was written by David Chase and Lawrence Connor. We're actually also writing the upcoming Sopranos prequel film together. Uh, and this was directed by John Patterson. Um, John Patterson, I believe, is another, yeah, Sopranos mainstay. Uh, he's directed episodes we've seen in the past, and he will direct ones in the future. Mm, yes. And uh, it's a finale, and you can sort of tell uh, that it is a finale because there's so much happening. There's so much going on. I think they tied it up all in a nice, good way, although I will say... Um, Jackie's, you know, Jackie, this whole Jackie situation has been going on for so long. Mm. It's so interesting how they shut it down, like, in such an undramatic way. The way I thought, well, I mean, the funeral and all is dramatic, but just the, the way they kill him. It's almost something I've come to associate with The Sopranos of, like, the moments you think are going to be big, we underplay them, and then we, we, like, punch you real hard on the other moments. Yeah, absolutely, because, um... Thinking back on when this originally aired and watching it, because again, like I came into the Sopranos in a weird way. Like I started watching with season three and then like through DVDs watched like seasons one and two. And I remember being very underwhelmed by this episode um, because, yeah, like it, it's it's very reminiscent of Patsy's uh, little speech to Gloria last week of, you know, it won't be cinematic. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, Jackie Jr. doesn't even have the uh, satisfaction of looking his killer in the eye. He's just he's looking at a snowbank. And then the next thing you know, he's dead in the snowbank. And, yeah, they, they uh, David Chase and co. do enjoy kind of playing with your expectations here. But in a, f I guess I don't want to say fun way, but in an intelligent way. And rewatching it now, uh, I feel like it's such a strong episode. Uh, yeah. And I really, I really like it. But I do remember at the time being like, "What? Come on! Where's the mafia? Where's the shootout? Where's the chase? Uh, yeah. You know, where's the big showdown?" Uh, that was basically that was last week. I mean, we yeah. did have the big gunfight and everything, so we got that in there. But you expect things to escalate beyond that, and and then instead they go this path of you know a big action set piece in the second to last episode. Last episode's a bit more you know reserved, but still there is a lot happening in it. Um, so this was your first finale. Did I get that right? That you ever watched of The Sopranos? Yes, yeah. Because I mean, I had an understanding of the show, like because uh, in in my world or in my thinking, like. Sopranos obviously was this buzzed about TV show, but when season three aired, it, it seemed like it was at this fever, pe fever pitch. 
but yeah. I still had I still knew the 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 major beats. I knew that Big Pussy was killed uh, by Tony or in his gang, basically at the end of season two. So we knew about that, and then yeah, this yeah. was like my first legit finale. Interesting. So let's go through it bit by bit. Then it does start with AJ. And you know he's up to no good, <laughs> causing trouble in this neighborhood because he's just sitting there and they're saying the janitor leaves at 8 and then they start peeing on the walls. And uh, I, I guess I did figure out they're stealing a test, but I really am at this point like... I'm, my first thought is, fucking AJ, do you never learn? And then mm. I remember the last time he did something bad, he was basically like rewarded. They didn't punish him at all. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, fair enough, AJ. Like you're learning this behavior. Uh, so yeah, there you go. It's not really your fault. Yeah. No, he's you know he's just doing what AJ does. Plus, he is just kind of an idiot. Um, and I think I think that's the thing too of like. You know, going into a show like The Sopranos and you want to see the mob drama. And then when the when the finale starts with AJ and his friend just hanging out, you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah. But watching it now, like with a more like reflective eye and I guess being a more mature person, I'm like, yeah, what's going on with AJ? Let's check in with AJ a little bit. Did he kill that fly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then we have uh, sort of the next scene, another young idiot, Jackie, showing up at a door uh, to... I recognize this actor from... Oh. I know him from The Wire. Yes, Omar. So. Omar from The yeah, Wire welcomes yeah. Jackie uh, to try to, like, hide... He's he's hiding out in the projects. And it is kind of interesting because what his friend's like, you know, you, you, uh, you know, Goomba friends will never find you here. But it's like a scene or two later. They already they they're already like, yeah, he's over in the projects. Like they know exactly where he is, but it's just this kind of, what's the choice gonna be? Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't know if that's like, is that just speaking to how smart the gang is, or is it just that that friend is even in on it and they just know to place? All right, we'll place him here until we figure out what's what. Well, what I want to know is uh, that friend. Have we seen him before? Uh, I don't think so. Although he has yeah. these randos that come in and out of the Jackie Jr. circle, his little shit crew that we've seen throughout this season. Yeah, but most of them died. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yes, and I even like I saw him. I saw Omar, and I was like, I, "It's it, obviously the wire hadn't started at this point because uh, this is 2001. That started 2002." But still, I was like, is this is a crossover because it feels like such the same sort of universe that the Sopranos and The Wire could e like exist in the same world. It's not the same city or anything. But still, I was like, oh, yeah, they, they went over to The Wire. Like, why not make a crossover? Well, and it's been years since I watched The Wire, but I do. It's like reminiscent of isn't there a part where Omar has to go hide out and he hides out in a project <laughs> and like jumps off a balcony to get away and stuff. So it's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so again, another scene that doesn't seem like maybe it should be a uh, finale, like open with a bang scene. It's Polly Walnuts uh, bringing his mother to the Green Grove retirement community. Yes, yeah, and uh, we have the moment where they kind of play with our previous expectations, where she's like, "My son, to put me in a place like this, oh, yeah. he's he's such a good boy," or whatever the hell she yeah. says. Uh, you know, kind of like a, a a real a real mother because. You know, uh, looking at it from this point of view, what a great place to go to. What a great yeah. place to hang out at. And eight grand They're a month? All, Jesus. 
Yeah, and all those sing-alongs. That's a lot of sing-alongs for those eight grands. I hope they sing every fucking night. Uh, and at least they don't eat snails. I mean, that's the important thing as well in French. You, know, you don't eat snails just because it's French. That's I can't help but wonder in scenes like that, like, is that lady just such a great actress or is she just a dumb old woman and they know how to film her properly? I guess she's a great actress because she nails that, like, ugh, snails. I hope there's not <laughs> snails here. Because, uh, I, I, you know, similar to how we talked about how they use the actors that play AJ and Jackie Jr. like perfectly. Uh, yeah. What a great casting of the elderly on this show. Yeah, I gotta try to look up if she's in anything else. Because yes, she is. Uh, she is great. No, I, I, I'm not allowed on Wikipedia. I always find spoilers. Oh, so I'm not careful. Gonna check, but it, yes. but yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It is a great scene, and we figure out that he needs 40k for a deposit. Which is, I live in Dublin, a pretty expensive city, and I'm still like, oof, oof, it's a lot. Um, And then uh, we have a breakfast scene with Tony reading in the newspaper. You hear about this? Some kid just dead from from crack, and he had the whole world ahead of him. So almost like he's um, preparing things. And I will bring up at this point, it's throughout the episode, but last week I was like, what's Tony doing over here? It's not totally clear, but now it's like fairly clear from the start that he's sort of pushing for Jackie to get out, you know, to vanish, but that he doesn't want to do it himself. He wants Ralphie to do it. Yeah. And it's just interesting because, um, it's like, it's a weird turn. I mean, I guess it's not a weird turn. I mean, he's been dealing with Jackie this whole season and he, Jackie's been very frustrating. Um, but I mean, they're tying it, obviously, with AJ in this episode, much like they did with Tracy and Meadow um, earlier this season. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a weird parallel because, you know, he wants to save AJ. How are we going to save this kid? I think, like, the line he says when he's with Melfi. But he could save uh, Jackie if he wanted to. So it's like this weird thing, but I, I, not to say Jackie didn't bring it upon himself, but Tony could save him, you know? Uh, but I, I, to be fair, he has like, he, he tried a lot and it just keeps getting fucked. And then Jackie did the dumbest thing ever. The fact that the, the, they were even considering letting him off the hook is like, stunning um it i will say as far as him you you called it a weird turn uh i think one thing with this season is it's been so much with jackie that i never got a clear like what happened when sort of sensation i just have a vague notion of jackie doing a bunch of dumb shit and i do know of course when he saw him in the strip joint and and beat him up and you bottomed out and that 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 seemed like, okay, I no longer have, you know, any affiliation with you, Jackie. Um, and then Meadow, of course, they broke up as well. But you're you're right. It's it's hard because he has been going so so deep down the hole of he's my friend's brother. I mean, friend's uh, son. Yeah, and I guess it is just another, like, I mean, it's, I mean, he, sh- the, the, Jackie did, he killed somebody. Um, and, and in that scene, like we were talking about it last week, like it is like he just kind of geeks and starts it just shoots that uh, dealer kind of it's not like it was a defense or anything like that but i i guess it is just another weird reminder because even though as an like i'm probably taking a weird stance because the audience isn't really on Jackie's side and you, you the show doesn't really want you to be anyways but just looking at it as like 
wanting, I guess somehow wanting Tony not to be like a killer, like not to be like yeah. a like the, the the villain criminal that he is because we see things like he gets a little upset because Tracy got beat to death, but now it doesn't matter because Ralphie's given him $300,000 in a bag and all that, and it's like all, everything's <laughs> yeah. good. So, yeah, it's just a weird – I guess it's kind of another version of that because uh, I, I don't even think when I originally watched it I quite got uh, – like because there are moments where Tony is – like very emotional and he's like what when he uh, uh goes to the bing i believe and he's like i've been thinking about that fucking low main <laughs> the whole way over here <laughs> which i can so relate to that when you're thinking about like oh shit i got those leftovers and then you get I home i thought you were going to say like you're going to relate to when you get angry over something but it's not the real thing you're angry about but no yeah. you can relate to the anger of getting your leftovers yeah. stolen but in a weird way it's almost like i don't like is he that upset about this because he seems pretty gung ho of like we need to get rid of Jackie Jr. and he and he's having fun with like Ralphie having to make the cho- well not make the choice but take care of it basically. Yeah, I um I mean I've been saying that since like episode three I feel so so but I am like I guess one of these bad viewers that I'm like yeah fuck yeah Tony do this and that but then we still get the reminder of like oh no Tony's a bad person and you're a bad person for fucking liking him you bastard I'm like okay yeah fair enough Um, because like you said it's not I last episode I wasn't sure like we do forget that he is kind of a you know manipulative mastermind from time to time uh this episode then in the scene we were discussing there five minutes in less than five minutes in he's in there saying to Carmilla shit happens over drug money uh just sort of planting the seeds of that already because he already knows how this is gonna play out yeah yeah uh so it it just it's a weird uh, murky way to do it but I I, it's a good way to do it like I like that there there's there's obviously layers to Tony Soprano and he only i guess he does just only care care about it in the view of his own family and what that means for AJ which is kind of what we see through Carmilla in this uh, Carmilla through this episode as well but whatever we'll get there uh yeah he's planting the seeds with the news story the talking about the drugs then we got what Ralphie and Polly arguing over a safe job uh, yeah. that Polly uh, supplied the like the 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 safe codes or something basically was like a finder's fee on the on the job but you know Polly wants half of it he wants 50 50,000 Vito uh yeah. calls as Tony <laughs> Yeah yeah that's pretty uh, pretty grand uh so we bring this up all the time as well but in this mob show we come to realize that the way the mob presumably works, or, you know, at least in David Chase's mind, is probably accurate. Um, the actual, like, uh, mob thing of t- cracking a safe, that's pretty mundane and not that important. But what comes afterwards of, like, okay, who's getting the money for what, and, like, who has more respect than the other one, and how do we talk to each other? Who's going to get a fake phone call, like, just to make it seem even more like Tony's, you know, on my side of things? Uh, it, it's all, like, drama, and it's... Uh, I mean, that's what makes it fun as well to watch, uh, because in a different show you'd have, like, an exciting safe-cracking scene, but here it's just like, nah, it was probably a boring scene. You probably didn't even need to see it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he he supplied the codes anyways. So they just yeah. went in, opened some safes, took the money out. Uh, but now Polly wants his cut, and uh, then also we see Tony in his 
uh, as we usually see Tony in the daytime asleep. And he gets a call from Jackie Jr., who's, you know, doesn't realize he's kind of used up all of his chances. Uh, and Jackie tells him, you know, go talk to your stepfather about this. Let him, you know, take care of you. I don't want to know anything. Uh, yeah. Which leads to Tony and Ralphie, as Ralphie gives him a bag full of money. But Tony's like, oh, I got to uh, Jackie Jr. call you? No. Yeah, well, he called me. Uh, he's doing that classic, like, I'm very unhappy, but hey, I'm playing it like we're friends, right? What's going on? You said you were going to give him a pass, remember? <laughs> yeah, and, he, and when it's like, I'm sorry he called your house, and he's like, don't apologize. It's not like, don't apologize, it's not a big deal. It's like, don't apologize and fix this. Um, so it's even more clear what's going on there. And um, yes, uh, it is interesting to me that uh, Ralphie has to make this fake phone call earlier, and then he is actually meeting up with Tony later, and he is kind of being, you know, favored a bit now that all his money is rolling in. So even though he is in a good position, he still needs to rub it in Polly Walnuts' face uh, to sort of emphasize it even further. Well, and plus, this is the thing. I mean, Sopranos is great at... Um having a thing happen and being like, well, this is what's been going on all along. And I guess in a way this has been going on all along. We've seen Pauly complain about Ralphie with Silvio even commented on it about how the reason why Pauly wants to have Ralphie whacked is because he's getting kind of jealous of how Ralphie's a big earner and what that means for his position. Uh, very similar to, we talked, discussed the scene last week when Christopher's like, you know, I loved you. And it's like, well, you don't have to love me, but you'll respect me. Like, um, they're hinting at these relationships that are kind of been going on, but we've been spending too much time with Jackie Jr. (laughs) that we didn't really get to see them develop this season. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good description of it. Um, so next scene, uh, we get... Uh, some someone with some who finally has some character development, uh, the principal of AJ's school, who's like, you know what, fuck this, <laughs> and uh, just goes ahead and expels AJ after letting him uh, off the hook for like ruining all sorts of property and stuff. Uh, no, that's all fine, but you cheated on a goddamn geometry test. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we got your DNA from the urine, and it's like he yeah. peed first. I didn't even have to go. Uh, oh and yeah, God. this principle, it, it is basically, he should be sharing the fault in what happened because he is the one that did let AJ go on the, when they did a much worse thing, in my opinion, I mean, cheating, obviously not a great thing, but when they like trash the school or whatever the fuck they did, uh, throwing stuff in the yeah. pool and all that. Um, and then what we got, oh, we got the F, then we check in with the FBI. Uh, they're talking about how junior beat cancer. Uh, they're kind of looking I'm, for another angle, or did I skip? A I'm scene? gonna cut you off. No, yeah, it's this is so not important, but surely even in 2001, I, I mean, I of course AJ didn't know, but like everyone watching this was like, of course they don't have the DNA, right? <laughs> yeah. Or have we just watched so many crime shows that we're like, of course the DNA? Like, I wonder what people were thinking in 2001 when they were watching this. Yeah, no, exactly, because like, DNA were coming off the. We all just learned about it during. Um, OJ and plus, didn't AJ was didn't he learn about DNA in an earlier episode? Wasn't he? Yes, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so I guess he didn't learn completely right. But I just think it was funny that we need to have Meadows sort of explain it later. Like, idiot yeah. takes this much time. Um, and yeah, so I did. Yeah, that's not how DNA works. We all know this. Uh, obviously, next scene, the FBI. 
Yeah, the FBI is looking for their new angle because, you know, we spent all this time with the lamp. That went nowhere. Yeah, uh, we agree. <laughs> and they decide to bring in uh, Deborah LaServa to go in through Adriana. I guess they referenced some other uh, time they did this. I don't know if they're referencing a real case or not when they say that. Um, the banners? Yeah, uh, something like that. And, I mean, basically the biggest thing here is that the little factoid uh, is initially this character was played by Feruza Balk. And I I want to say I remember seeing those scenes, but like you can't I was trying to find them and uh, they they reshot it and put like put it on the DVD and all the reruns with this new actress. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't even find the, the clips online. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, so they they must have reshot it. Then they make it very plain that oh, there's a woman coming into the room. Oh, let's all straighten our ties. And a, and a foxy lady comes in, and she's gonna get her promotion. She's just been doing background checks. God damn it! But ah, where did you get started, huh? And this feels, you know, this is so obviously a let's get ready for next season type thing, which is uh, you know uh, all well and good. Yes, yes. Um, and then what? Then we check back in with Jackie Junior. Uh, and he's playing chess with uh, Omar's daughter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which also, chess, important in The Wire, too. Uh, people being taught how to play chess, etc. So that's all That's all uh, been in there as well. Yeah, that's true. Check it. It's simple. The, the kingpin, right? Uh, you got the other dude's king. You got the game. But he's trying to get your king, too. So you got to protect it. Now, the king... He moves space in any direction. You know the quote. You know the, uh, the D'Angelo Barksdale quote where they're talking about chess. But then in in very wire-like fashion, Omar does say, like, you should have played that out. It's the only way you're going to learn. And yeah. it's uh, it ties in with what we hear later when Meadow's talking about Jackie. And it does make it more of a tragic character, in my opinion, when she's like, you know, his parents just d- didn't give a shit. And that's what he would even say. And he was a dumb kid. Uh, doesn't I think Junior says that he what he almost drowned in a <laughs> four inches of in water a penguin exhibit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this uh, well, maybe he just really loved penguins and wanted to get in there and then almost drowned. But uh, I mean, it's very reminiscent. I mean, I knew kids like this, kids that were kind of you know well off. They had rich families, but it, I guess it's not always what it seems. Uh, it seems like you have everything, but then your parents kind of. It's not that they don't love you, but they just let you get away with everything, and then you're just kind of constantly trying to get attention, and you never learn from your mistakes. Um, yeah. And then we have a kid dead. Because I think that's the other thing, being older now watching it, and it's like impacts a bit more knowing like, oh, yeah, it's like a 19-year-old kid that they had to murder, uh, yeah. and everyone's at his funeral now. Uh, yeah, and they do the classic thing of making him slightly more likable, just at the end, like you got to do with a lot of characters when they're being killed off because he gets he plays chess with a little girl. And as he's going out, uh, he's like, what are you laughing at and making her laugh? Uh, so that means it's time to die. Yeah, time to <laughs> die. CV. That's how it goes. <laughs> See you later. Uh, and he gets a bullet in the back of the head by Vito, which I guess we did learn is his cousin. Because when Vito's uh, brother gets hit with a golf club earlier in the season... Jackie's like, this is my cousin. I, it'd be a pleasure to take this guy out myself or whatever. Which <laughs> I remember that. But now he's that means he's also cousins with Adriana because Richie was her uncle. So, you know, they're all related. 
Well, the term cousin and uncle gets thrown around a <laughs> lot true. as well. Like yes. they, they, they even bring it up on the show how they used to call uh, Jackie Uncle Jackie, even though he wasn't technically their uncle. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then what? Ralphie's kind of arguing with Rosalie about a car, uh, like a mechanic bill. Uh, yeah. but then, you know, he sees Vito comes back and he knows like, oh yeah, wait, um, yeah, I'm not going to be home. I'm going to be <laughs> working late tonight. I don't want to deal with you, uh, and this news you're going to get, uh, classic. Oh, yeah. Ralphie. That's what happens. He grabs his toothbrush cause he's going to his guma, which, you know, apparently no trouble finding a new one after he beat his old one to death. Ralphie's really like the worst character. He just murdered her son and, um, just has to can't even be there as a shoulder to cry on uh i guess that would be even weirder but whatever ralphie's just the worst yeah yeah and uh we do like it's kind of as we see it's like we're leading up towards the super bowl because you know they're even watching uh when tony comes in they're like watching coverage at the bing getting ready taking bets uh and as we see that play out during like the wake and the funeral um, and then this is where Paulie's kind of bringing up to Tony about the he wants to have a sit down to go over this stuff with Ralphie. Yeah, Paulie really picks a bad moment like after he uh, freaks out on the fridge because his uh, low main is gone. Uh, then he's like, hey, but by the way, where's my money, Tony? Uh, it's not exactly the right time. Yeah, I've been dreaming um, of that fucking low main who ate my shit. <laughs> you know, you're wind a little tight, Tone. <laughs> Yeah, and I love this as well because um, there's a phone call. Carmela sounds like she's crying. Like we, it's such a great moment from his side because we know what he's expecting, uh, and it's like, what? <laughs> AJ got expelled. Like propelling us into this whole other part of the episode with the military school. Yeah, and then and we get another. It's nice because uh, we've. It feels like a progression because we've seen this scene a few times of like it's it kind of even shot the same way like from behind aj yeah and then tony's on one side and carmilla's on the other and they're just kind of yelling at him or giving him the business but now we're at the point where tony does like pull back and like smack him across the face uh yeah. as he's yelling about the new regime and how things are going to be different around it because we've always we've seen so many times where tony's like and i pay for this and this house and all these things <laughs> and then nothing, this is what happens and he's doing the thing again but yeah now he's on a new he's got a new idea he wants to go military school and he wants to really finally toughen this kid up because not only is he fucking up at school but you know he could just end up being another jackie jr and uh dead in the grave yeah yeah, uh, it's AJ says sucks to be you when uh, when um, when he's listing off all the things that he's paying for. That's when he gets smacked. Uh, we always need to isolate the the moment someone gets smacked by Tony, like we did uh, the other day there with his guma. So uh, that was it in this case. Uh, Jim, like, shall we just before we forget, maybe do a thing? Oh yeah, dude! I almost I totally would have forgotten. Poor Jackie yeah. Junior. Who'd we do oh. that to before? Uh, we did, we did some someone's death. We basically glossed over, didn't put it up on the fucking tracker. Yeah, it's happened once in a while, but not this time, Jackie. You'll be remembered forever in our hearts and our scoreboard. Put him up on the scoreboard. Gotcha, yeah, so we're up to 31 deaths now, uh, counted by 11 walkouts for those keeping track at home. Um, so, yes, we have another uh, dinner scene here. It is weird 
that this is how it works in a family that you have a huge argument and then you all just have to sit down to dinner together um and i love that he there's... has he has the pamphlets like he's reading yeah, them yeah. out loud because even in the scene beforehand when carmela's like you got pamphlets like she, <laughs> she she's not that surprised about the military school but he's like i got some pamphlets and she's like you got some military school pamphlets and now he's reading them and then aj has the like the comment like i didn't say i'd be going and then Carmela is like, you know, we're just looking. And then, of course, Tony's like, yeah, we're looking and you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then they get the actual call that Tony was expecting earlier um, where they f- find out Jackie's been killed. So, um, yeah, she, Carmela runs off, of course. And Tony's there, sort of picks at his food, turns to AJ and says, uh, yeah, he says, you see? Like, uh, even further connecting these two things. Basically, like, you see what happens if you screw up like uh, like uh, Jackie, I guess? Yeah, he's using it. He's using this thing in such a selfish way. I mean, it is kind of selfish, but I guess that he does have a point. But, you know, he's the cause of it. But, yeah, he wants yeah, to use it. Yeah, that's what makes it not yeah. work great as, like, a lesson. You know, he is right, but, like, you just made sure this kid got murdered so uh it's almost like it doesn't work like oh get mixed up in bad things it's more like i murder people who don't do what i say so i'm a great dad yeah yeah i'm, I'm just looking out for you yeah. um and yeah of course rosalie is uh you know taking it as she should as her son is now dead uh carmilla's gonna rush over there to see her uh and then aj has it ends up taking up the mantle of calling meadow to let her know what happened uh, and his, I think his quote is, he's like dead. Well, and on, you know what I think is interesting too is that he hears that um, uh, Jackie was shot by some drug dealers. But then when AJ yeah. tells Meadow, he says some black guys shot him. I yeah. mean, I know that's like what they're insinuating the whole time, but it's interesting that they didn't say to him, you know, some black guys shot him. They said some drug guys shot him. And then t- when he tells Meadow, I was like, yeah, I guess some black guys shot him over a drug deal. He's like dead. And, of course, Meadow um, uh, breaks down. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting to have him do, like, the one brotherly thing he's ever done. Because, I mean, he knows they were together and everything. He does an actual good thing there. And even the thing with it, when he finds out about the DNA, he's like, ah, shit. Like, he's not even, like, that <laughs> bummed out. I guess that makes sense. His friend did just die. I mean, he really liked Jackie as well. They were playing football and all, so... Uh, moving on, we do get a scene in therapy where Malfi says, oh, you really saw it coming with this boy, huh? And Tony brings up again how he failed him and he's not going to make the same mistake with AJ. Yes, yeah, who's uh, basically, yeah, they need to, you know, send him to military school. And, I mean, I, it's hard to read this uh, when he's talking to Melfi here because, again, like, I'm looking for... I, I guess I'm looking for something that's not there because... I'm looking for Tony to show some sort of remorse here, but I guess he shouldn't, right? Because I don't think he thinks there's anything wrong because what Jackie did. And I, and to a certain extent, you know, knowing about the criminal mafia life, I guess that's that's true. That's the way of the, the we're soldiers. We kill other soldiers. But then again, is Jackie Jr. a soldier? Yeah, it. 
I think that sadness, if it is there, it's personified in the fact that through the season, he's been trying to push Jackie away from the mafia life in the same way he's talking about he wants you know Meadow to be a pediatrician, he wants AJ, he should never get involved in any of this. Like, that's how he would protect them, and he's already failed so bad with Jackie. Um, because, he, although, to be fair, he did try again and again. Um, so, yeah, he's not necessarily sad in this moment. I think he's more sad in that he's failed this time and he feels like he might fail again with AJ, which, again, yeah, you're you're right. He's not, he's not well enough like uh, we might expect him to. Like, he got sick of Jackie at some point, obviously. Well, because even, like, relating it to Tracy... He had that moment when he was in therapy with Carmilla and Melfi where he was just kind of like staring off and like kind of stuck in that moment. And he had to make up that story about a young kid he knew that died. Like, I guess he's kind of just putting it all on AJ. Uh, but, you know, it do- he doesn't have the same. I guess I guess it is just mostly failure. Like, oh, I failed him. But it's not like he cares that Jackie's dead, I guess. And I guess that's to be expected. Yeah, and I think instead of sadness, there's a bit of this, like, he's sort of embraced the villain that he is. There is a bit of revulsion towards himself in it, but he's not torn up about it. But he does say, like, the important thing, whatever Meadow does, the important thing is she gets far away from me. And then Melfi looks at him and he's like, you know, she can live close or whatever. But, (laughs) like, meaning, you know, he's... He's the reason Jackie died. If he wasn't around, Jackie wouldn't. Well, he could have. I'm sure he would have driven off a bridge or something. Like, he'd, but but like, maybe in go to another case, penguin exhibit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and um, I want to kind of follow this the the meadow and Carmilla thing a little ways through. Maybe not to the very end, but we have this scene. We played a clip of it at the start where you know. Every, I guess it's not just that Meadow knows. I mean, Carmela on some level, and of course Rosalie, like on some level, everyone kind of does know the score here, right? Even though yeah. we're talking, like it it worked out. Because I, I guess that's the other thing, to backtrack a quick uh, moment, of putting him in the projects and maybe this kid, uh, it's a little bit more premeditated because the fact that he get, his body gets found there works really well with this story they've been setting up. Yeah. Um, but at, either way, like... Everyone kind of plays along with this story, but everyone also kind of knows the score, right? Like Carmela and Meadow just happens to be talking about it. I think I almost, I thought, um, given everything going on with Carmela, I thought that would sort of become apparent to her that she would have to face that reality more because Meadow tries to throw it in her face, but she uh, digs herself deeper into that denial. Given what's going on with Carmela, I thought that realization, the fact that she's actually close friends with Rosalie, uh, you know, closer to her than Ralphie is, obviously, uh, and having to bear that and see that this could happen to her own children, I thought that might be something to propel her further away from Tony and, you know, the mob life. But uh, nothing really happened with that this episode. Yeah. And, yeah, she makes the speech about, you know, uh, you don't want to face the truth, so you look for boogeymen with Italian names. Yeah. And then it's interesting as this plays out because, you know, of course, we see Meadow at the funeral and she sees Jackie in the casket and reacts. And even before him, where she's talking about here, like he's the first kid I knew my age that died. But then we get the scene at the house with Jackie's sister 
and her cousin, mm-hmm. and then Meadow kind of takes the Carmela role. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, she is defend. Is it just... Because then it switches back again when we get to, like, the funeral uh, reception or whatever. So, like, mm-hmm. what's your read on that? Is that just more like she just takes the Carmela role out of protection of her family like that thing of like i can call my brother a piece of shit but you can't like is it something like that yeah and it's also i mean carmilla's doing pretty well in her denial it's like oh yeah i'll have some of that i think she was going like i'll have some of that denial please uh it's gonna help me bear this day here while i sip my giant glass of alcohol um it's because because she does. She's like, ah, oh, what? Yeah, okay, our, our dads were in the garbage business. They rubbed shoulders with organized crimes, but you think they run everything? And, but the interesting thing is you enter with a... And the fact that you would even bring this up out, in front of an outsider lets us know that she knows there's an inside, there's an outside. So she's clearly not speaking like completely honestly here either. It's almost like she's making a performance for the outsider, even though she would like to believe what she says. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, too, because the fact that she does bring that up and it is someone else around. Uh, but I also feel I feel like she did go in that direction in the episode. That's how she was sort of able to bear it. And then at the end, when she's sort of crying and running away, that's her, like, I can't deal with this shit right now, obviously. And I guess in a way, like, she's going down this path. She plays the Carmela role where she's kind of putting up, playing, uh, like defending the mafia lifestyle and making going with the narrative that it was a drug murder even though Jackie's sister says it was some fat fucking see-through socks and then I guess Carmela in a way pushes her back because then when they're driving and Meadow is talking about you know how Jackie's parents and stuff like that and and not even that Carmela does too much she's just kind of I guess reads it a little bit wrong and is kind of like well, I'm glad you see now. Like she's taking it in a way of like we're always right, and now you get yeah. we we're just trying to protect you, which is true. But then she immediately pushes back, like you know, you're not going to use that to, you know, hold it against me. And she's like, you don't even live with us. And then she's like, well, then AJ, which they yeah. kind of are. Yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So um, we'll we'll get a. Like but that's the basics of her storyline, I think. But it will may get more into it. But going back a bit, I love AJ's scene <laughs> with uh, the the major or whatever he is uh, at the military school, and just like I almost felt like this probably would be great for AJ when I'm <laughs> watching this scene. You know? Yes. Yeah. Like some structure, some discipline, uh, and it's the dude. Uh, the the actor is Tobin Bell. He ends up playing Jigsaw in the Saw movies. Uh, and he, but he's really great in these scenes, and yeah, when he goes through the whole schedule, and then and again, like a perfect AJ response is like, "What's oh five thirty? Uh, it's like five thirty a.m. He's like, "Oh," and then and then, but then again, even though he kind of ex- like right there, it should explain the military time. Uh, and he's like, the 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 officer is kind of just like, "Okay, so you know, I've just spelt out a plan." to discipline your life and like make you a better person for the rest of your days. And that's all you want to ask. And he's like, why do militaries guys use that? Like the Oh five thirty stuff. Yeah. And spies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, that will be made abundantly clear. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. we, we get like kind of the title of the episode here. Cause then when he's talking to Tony and Carmela, he's talking about an army of one. And I don't know if you're aware of this being a Swedish Irish boy. Um, mm. 
Army of One was like the slogan for a while, especially I, I believe during this time. So it is kind of like a known thing they're playing with here. Um, and I mean, Tony has the great comeback of like, well, what about enough of these Army of Ones decide like, well, I'm not going to run over that fucking hill <laughs> because I'm an Army yeah. of One. Uh, and then they bring up Audie Murphy, which I had to look up. He's one of the most decorated soldiers from World War Two. Um, and then another thing of note, even though it's not in the scene, it's a little bit later. Tony has that perfect line of the U.S. Army hardly goes to war anymore. Such a 2001 slash 90s line to have uh, yeah. with the way history worked out for us. Yeah. Um, so it it is a good scene. I guess the Army of One thing, I, I got it through context, but then I was also like, why is Tony going on about this one thing that was mentioned? But then I guess if it's more of a cultural thing that people are aware of, that's why he's like, by the way, I've been thinking about this. You let me know. Um, uh, one thing that popped out to me as well is this major really knows what he's uh, talking about. He seems like confident. Uh, I, I think he thinks this is going to be good for AJ. And he says, I stressed heavily notions of duty and groupthink. And groupthink is a term derived from George Orwell's 1984 uh, about how a group makes stupid decisions when they're put together. It's not a positive term, so he's using that incorrectly, <laughs> saying that like better we're better when we're a group together when it's actually the opposite of what that means. So he's not that great. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, it kind of plays out. I mean, between this scene and then them arguing about it at home, you know, uh, he thinks the world owes him a fucking living. Uh, oh, I wonder where he got that from, uh, Carmilla retorts. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's it's played really nice because it's this big argument and then Tony keeps slamming the door because he's, like, trying to storm away and then it cuts to AJ and he's got his fucking headphones on and he, he becomes, you know, he's more sympathetic because it's like, oh, yeah, he lives, he lives in this great big house. He kind of does get whatever he wants, video games and stuff, but then at the end of the day, like... His dad is a fucking mafia kingpin, and it's it's quite a bizarre uh, way to grow up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, let's see. They the the gist of it is we tried it your way for fifteen years and it didn't work, and she's storming out like Carmela. Uh, she almost seemed like yeah, she was considering it earlier, but now she's been convinced that it's not going to work. She saw them marching around with rifles, uh, even though there were caps in them or whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, there is very much a, a conflict going on here. So uh, AJ just turns up the volume there to sort that out. Um, so the next scene, it's a wake. Or is that separate from the funeral? Like, it's a different day, I'm assuming? Yeah, it's a wake. Yeah, the wake's typically separate from the funeral. It's, like, where they have the viewing, um, the viewing of the body, I guess, (laughs) where everyone hangs out. And uh, it's it's interesting because, yeah, there's not a lot of people there. Uh, The the one guy's on his phone. Rosalie makes, like, a comment about it. You know, with the Vegas change in the line, Super Bowl weekend, so no one wants to come out. Um... Oh, and there's something I didn't know about this until, like, reading up on this episode. There's this running character called 2 to 5 slash 7 to 9, played by Marie Donato. And she's basically this lady that shows up at all the funerals. She's in episode 2 at Livia's funeral. And she's also in episode 5, another toothpick at the funeral they go to uh, in that episode. Right. She's she's actually the lady that Carmela I'm not Carmela Meadows t- Tony sees Meadow talking to her at, at Livia's funeral 
and he makes that comment of like look at her she's already becoming like a robot or whatever and that's yeah. when meadow says uh you know at least she didn't suffer and then later when they're having the big like uh, moment where everyone's like awkwardly trying to talk about Livia and it cuts to yeah. an older lady go, well, I heard she didn't suffer. Uh, that's, that's the lady, uh, three to, f- oh, was it two to five, seven to nine? I guess that means like she just goes to funerals all the time. Like that's when they have the, the wake viewings are typically two to five, seven to nine. Because oh, I thought she was like a Borg or something. I guess this. I mean, I don't want you to look too into it because the the character does come up again at a funeral. Yeah, I could. So it's, that's it's, like the worst <laughs> Wikipedia to go to. What episodes do major characters die in? Um, is she does is she the one who's wearing like a black hat, like a thing there sitting behind them? I'm trying to find who this person is. Uh, I'll pull uh, it up. I, I'll pull up a, a couple of these screen grabs that I have. Um, appreciate it, and here. of course. We need to see Janice's fucking climax of her story arc, which is, I suppose, her just handing over her uh, freaking demo to the Reverend. Like, that's the end of that storyline, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so this, if you're in whoops, the there's my iTunes oh, If you're in the chat, uh, you should. Uh, that's on YouTube.com/slash/showswhatyouknow. Uh, you can view us our live streams as we do these, and here we do have. The lady there. Yeah, and there's the credits. And then here here she is in episode five, another toothpick at the funeral. And then here she is in this Army of One episode uh, at the funeral. Um, and and it's, it is even funnier reading up on it because the fact that there is that moment in episode two where it cuts to her and she says, well, at least I heard she didn't suffer. Like, it's not only just a running gag that people keep saying that because they don't have anything to say about Livia. She's actually only saying that because Meadows said that to her like an hour before. Like she's like yeah. she's literally referencing that conversation. Uh, so just a weird little thing I never would have noticed, uh, uh, except for now we're breaking down these episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah, two to five, seven to nine. I thought that was like a, a nickname that the fans gave her, but it's literally her name in the credits, I see. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's an inside joke if I ever saw one. Um, so... We get Tony and Christopher at the wake with Christopher apologizing, saying, hey, you were right. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and the thing about me not loving you, that's not how it is or whatever. Tony's not having it. He just walks off. He does these classic Tony things where whenever I'm watching, I'm always like, just give him a hug or something. Like, just accept the apology. But Tony, that's not Tony Soprano. He's like, yeah, good. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to give you nothing. Uh, I'll let you fucking stew in this for a little while just because. The interesting thing about that is it reminds me of the apology with Ralphie, where Ralphie, like, there was a point in this season where Ralphie was almost going to get shot, that Polly Walnuts really wanted. Um, And then there was this apology where we felt like, if you just gave him an inch, if you just gave him an inch, Tony, everything would be fine, and he actually wants your approval, and Tony just refuses to give it. Um, But then now, look at him and Ralphie, they're just best buds all of a sudden, despite everything that's happened. Um, So I guess he just needs, he likes his apologies, like, cold, and like, I'm not going to say shit, but then later I'm going to be okay with you yeah it's just a way for tony to kind of twist the knife a bit more like he is accepting it but yeah he he's such a vindictive like piece of shit that he wants to let you kind of sit with it for a little while longer uh then we have the um well carmela sees jackie and then she kind of rethinks the military school thing which is kind of understandable 
it, it makes sense yeah. from a character point of view of like how she's kind of so against it, but seeing just a child in a fucking I mean, I know he's not necessarily a child, but you know what I mean. Uh, in a casket, it's kind of it's hard not to make that connection with your kid, and maybe this military school will save him. Then we have Polly yeah. s- sit down, uh, and he's talking about Green Grove, and Polly is one of the best people at not picking up cues from Tony when Tony like is annoyed by what he's talking about and he doesn't want to hear it. Uh, and yeah. he's like, this place is great, Tony. Like, did you get the blah, blah, blah package? And Tony's just like, I don't know. But he does have to get in the, you know, it's a retirement community. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> which is great. It's uh, the most expensive nursing home. It's a retirement community. <laughs> and he doesn't even want to talk about it, but he just automatically says this. <laughs> Uh, and it doesn't quite go Polly's way in this sit down. And, and I get where Tony's coming from because it does. It makes sense a little bit. Like Polly didn't do anything, although he did. He didn't do anything, but he also is the the catalyst for them getting the money. So maybe it yeah. should have been. Maybe it should have been a little bit more than the twelve k. I don't know if he's necessarily owed half. Although they did leave little Polly sitting outside in the cold uh, when he was ready to go. Who's little Polly? I guess that's his son. I don't even remember seeing his son. Yeah, I, I figured as much as well. And and Polly is just, he comes in like hot. He's so mad already about this money. Like he's mad before Ralphie shows up, then he's even more mad. Meanwhile, Ralphie's playing it all cool. So that doesn't help either. It, Tony says give him 12, which is like at least give him 16. You were just told it's eight grand a month for this yeah. for this place. 16 would be two months, but this is just like a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. He's and I mean, I there's no real the show doesn't steer you in any direction like this, but you have to wonder if Tony was annoyed a bit at Polly because of him talking about Green Grove and it didn't help his chances. And then you do flashback yeah. to his dream of uh, is it Polly that he just shoots uh, when when he looks th- when he's having the dream on the boardwalk and like thinking about Big Pussy and then he looks through the viewfinder and it's like him sitting in a train st- an empty train station with Polly and he just like takes his gun out and shoots him I think. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Now I have also said since like season one that Polly like Sylvia I feel would never turn on Tony, but Polly Walnuts. I don't know. He he sort of like brings stuff up like, oh, are you okay with this therapy thing? Okay, yeah, just check and no, I'm fine with it. Whatever, but whatever you think, Silvio. Yeah. And then later, of course, like he's so he's really concerned about his position and what Tony thinks of him. Of course, the the Pine Barrens, is that what it was called? That episode? Yes. Uh yeah, of course that's a huge thing there with Christopher coming up. He's pushing Christopher down because Christopher is coming up too fast. And that will affect his standing, but then Ralphie's doing the same thing. So he's being very sort of protective of what's his in his mind. Uh, and it sort of leads to him being pushed out further than he otherwise would have been. And that means he's ripe for the pickings for the New York mob. Yeah, and we do see some hints there. Uh, well, because we also, to kind of play through Polly's uh, story here, when it, when they get to the... Um, like the reception for the funeral at Vesuvio's or the new Vesuvio's uh, again, mirroring the Ralphie Tony thing. Cause Polly refuses a drink when Tony comes in uh, and he mm. first sees him because then Polly says he has to leave or whatever. I guess it's not as yeah. big of a deal when Ralphie did it, but he did refuse a drink. And then we see him outside and Johnny sack comes and talks to him and mentions Carmine and, you know, I'll make sure like if he needs anything, I could take care of it. 
Carmine is kind of second guessing this Esplanade thing and the way things were handled. So uh, this whole and there was this fear for a while of Johnny Sack getting too close to Ralphie. And Tony was worried mm-hmm. about that, but maybe he's now Polly's his blind spot. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. And we also see Ralphie running uh, at the actual funeral, just running away. Oh, and we're like, huh? Yeah. And then we see the FBI's there. <laughs> oh, I thought, a like, great... I, a thought flashed through my mind of like they pushed him too far. He put a bomb in the casket. <laughs> <laughs> like he's running off, and it's all going to explode now. And then, like, the FBI's there. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, the funeral. I mean. It's so funny the way they do. They have like the people getting arrested. Paulie's running, and then when Junior shows up, and he's like, "You said 11. and then, <laughs> and then he sees the feds, and he runs to his car, and he almost leaves Bobby. Like the Sopranos has so many great comedic moments, and the funeral part is so great. Yeah, because it's supposed to be this somber thing, and it's anything but. Just the way they cut it with Tony looking at Junior, like oh, ooh, ooh, like a wide shot of him like rushing off. It's like an old school uh, comedic, uh, like like actual physical comedy thing of him running off. Well, and, um, and I the, wonder if he had permission to go or not because he usually gets permission for those yeah. sorts of things. Well, and then even just the sound design, like I love because the way he's in the distance, so it's like you're hearing what the people at the funeral can hear because you just hear them kind of yelling at Bobby because at initially just because they're late. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but back to even comedy, going back to the scene we were at when Furio slips on ice because <laughs> it got shot in the previous yeah. episode and he has a cane. I think that's some great physical comedy as well. And they all have to rush over to help him and dumb Polly is stuck there because he's annoyed about the decision, but there's nothing they could do about it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we do have, uh, her, the FBI agent doing her job, uh, coming up on, on, um, Adriana here. I did think this scene was like color corrected a bit differently or something, Yep, which is probably because of it, you know, being filmed out of sequence. Yeah. It doesn't match up at all. Uh, and yeah, it's because it was just probably, it was probably filmed months. Le- it was filmed after it had aired basically because, right. It aired with the other actress, and then uh, she couldn't do it or whatever. And then so it's like, all right, we got to reshoot it. Uh, and it is great because Adriana like kind of brings up Tony Soprano like almost immediately to a stranger. So it is almost yeah. like, oh Jesus, what a smart way in <laughs> this, this idiot. Well, she's got she's got the hair, so I just <laughs> assume that Adriana knows. Oh, if I drop Tony's name, I'm gonna be impressive here, like uh, because. She's got the big hair because she made her hair. She could make her hair quite big, so so that's success on that front. And yeah, she just immediately just gussies up, and and they the, that's like okay, this is a storyline uh, that's going to come up, I guess. Cool, yeah. better than a lamp, uh, yeah. and it didn't even take a whole episode to set up, so that's great. <laughs> uh, and then we see Tony watching TV. He sees the Viagra, his Viagra doctor friend on TV, um, and then AJ comes down in his uniform. And he thinks he looks like a tool or whatever. He looks like a like a nerd. Uh, yeah. Carmela is like, oh, if I was just single, like she would date her son, I guess. Make comments <laughs> about how so. handsome he is. Uh, Tony's yeah. kind of yelling at him. Uh, and then AJ finally has a panic attack in front of his parents. Uh, yeah. And uh, that means no military school for AJ because he's got these yeah. rotten, putrid Sopranos genes. 
Yeah, it is. A, it is sort of sad, even though AJ's a shithead. Like it, you, it's it gets to me seeing him like that upset, and Tony's just like, "What are you crying?" And he's wearing the silly hat, and he's can't doesn't even dare take it off because he's been sort of forced into it. He didn't even want to do the football thing really either, uh, and he that was the last time he sort of passed out there. Um, but yeah, it, it really gets to him there. He he tumbles over because it's like. Carmela's like stand up straight and I can assume that uniform's like itchy as well like I can really <laughs> see myself in his shoes in this moment um, and yeah he just passes out there um, and also the way it plays out that because I I mean it, it was a cliffhanger in one of the episodes and then it's never kind of brought up again till now but the yeah. way they kind of explain it away it makes complete sense like that the school didn't tell them because uh, I mean it ties into with Tony when he kept passing out and they were like well, it's probably this this or this because no one wants to admit uh, mental health issues. It's such a stigma. But, I mean, yeah, he was at practice. They were just like, oh, he was dehydrated or something happened at practice or whatever. Um, yeah. But, of course, Tony knows better. And now maybe even his great-great-grandfather who, like, rode a, a cattle or something off a cliff. <laughs> maybe it's because he had a, a panic attack and passed out. <laughs> yeah yeah it's those putrid soprano genes um which does um sort of give us an insight again same as the previous therapy scene because he's telling this to melfi um that uh this sort of self-loathing that's always been there but it's sort of coming a bit more to the surface when he's like hating himself for passing this on to his son uh like that's the gist of it it's not just uh, well, Melfi even says it. When you're blaming your genes, you're blaming yourself, and that's what we should be talking about. Let's see. How does this scene pl- play out? Oh, yeah. He just tells him of the, the that he's going to sue the school for not telling him and that they have a new school for, for AJ. Yeah. Well, he says, like, I'm not litigious or whatever the fuck, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to sue. <laughs> and then I this does kind of come into the how we're going to save this kid, uh, which is weird because it and, – and then I think it just cuts right to the the casket. I mean, it's very obvious, like – connection there uh i mean it's not like they haven't i don't want to say they're not subtle but yeah i mean there's a clear they're they're very clear with their connection throughout this episode with aj and of course dead jackie jr um what one other moment that i really like here is that since it is jackie jr we're back at the april plot basically where this is they're back in the same cemetery from season one where AJ first finds out what his dad is. There's that classic yeah. ending when he's looking at him in the distance and, you know, Tony sees him and he kind of winks, but he's looking at his father in a different way. And there's kind of like a quick moment like that here at the funeral where AJ's looking at Tony again. And it's, uh, to me, it's a nice, interesting moment to kind of play off of that because yet again, he's looking at his father in kind of a new light. And especially him being like an older person and now having panic attacks and just kind of this the how how similar they are and also how different they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the way things play out, we've already mentioned um, there's the thing after the funeral where um, Meadow defends uh, her family for once. Um, And then, yeah, so we, we get to. What's the reception? Is that what you call it? No, I guess it can't it's it's kind of. I mean, yeah, I don't know what exactly what you call it, but yeah, after the funeral, you you typically do go somewhere and have food, and yeah, I don't. Know, I guess I don't know really what you'd call it. It's not the wake. It's I guess it's just the funeral. All right. Yeah, it's still the funeral. And um, 
And uh, Junior just went straight there. He's already finished eating, I guess, because he, he ran from the feds. Um, so they get to have a little talk there, and we get to be reminded again of how 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 different things have become between them again. And, you know, Junior gets to say, oh, if, if Jackie Sr. was still boss, this place would have been packed. And it is interesting because it's kind of like, yeah, I was the boss too, and no one gives a shit about me anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's it's... I'm surprised that uh, Tony doesn't react more to that because it is kind of a statement on his leadership, and they they've been showing. Uh, partially, it is because it's the super. It is like basically Super Bowl Sunday, from my understanding at this point. His funeral, yeah. like he's such a he's even dumb in death where his funeral is on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's they've been showing it throughout the episode, the way the turnout is and the way no one gives a fuck. And it, I guess it is kind of supposed to show what kind of leadership Tony's doing where I guess he's good at running things for himself, but is he keeping everyone below him? Not necessarily in line, but I guess happy enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's like when you make someone happy, someone else gets unhappy. This is when we get into, uh, you know, um, Polly Walnuts goes outside again and talks to Johnny Sachs. Um, and yeah, so they, they do their whole thing, their whole scene there where he gets to say like, well, if there's ever anything I could do for Carbine, just I'll do it straight ahead. No yeah. questions asked. It's like, okay, Polly. Yeah. Uh, and one quick, we, we talked about Meadow and Carmela on the ride over the way we talked about it, uh, the way she talks about Jackie's parents. Uh, but I like their callback here where Meadow talks about Carmela saying to max out the good times, but she's misremembering, uh, basically the finale of season one where Tony says that to the family when they're at Vesuvio's, uh, and, and in a way like Meadow is like annoyed that she's looking at that as a good thing now that she knows that Tony said it. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of, I like that moment. And plus here we are again with another finale and it's another like gathering in a way we had the Vesuvio's family gathering because it's a storm outside in season one, season two, it's Meadows graduation and they have the big party there after they've, you know, uh, dumped big pussy out in the ocean. And now yes. we're at the funeral of Jackie jr. Yeah, and it's uh, like I've come to expect some sort of musical montage. I think they're usually at the start and finish there of the seasons, and they get a shit-faced junior up there to sing this old song (laughs) that makes every man cry except stone-faced Tony. Um, And, yeah, then uh, Meadow starts throwing bread at him. Yep. Um, But there's so much bread at one point that I'm like, are all the kids just throwing bread now? Are they following her lead? Is she the new leader of the young rebels? I don't know. Well, and I I think it's interesting that the way I kind of saw it is that these adults are now, like, emotionally touched and crying, but they weren't doing that at this kid's wake or at this kid's funeral. That's a great point. <laughs> and, and and I almost saw that as like the thing that pushed Meadow to kind of be like, fuck this. Like, are you serious? Because, uh, yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, she was upset at, uh, at his funeral and everyone else was kind of dicking around. But now here they are. He's singing a song and they're like, oh, my God, have you ever seen something more touching uh, and something more emotional? And, yeah, she has to well, she gives the old oops, I did it again. Tony has to chase her out. Uh, and she does say, you know, this is such bullshit. Uh, they do this and they do this weird thing where 
as he's singing, they overdub it with like a different, like he's singing in Italian and then they overdub like a French song. And then I think like a, a song in Spanish. Um, yeah, I was con- like, uh, I was a bit confused. Like, I was like, is this the same song in different languages? What are they doing here? What are they trying to say? Uh, I don't know. What's your take? It's hard to read. I really don't know what, but I did find David Chase talking about it. So we'll just go to the man himself. Um, yeah. That singing thing is about how all over the world people engage in pure sentimentality. Everyone loves a good crime, and I don't mean to denigrate funerals or death. It also has something to do with entertainment, filmed entertainment. Music can be used so manipulatively, and Junior, who's the most selfish character in the cast, is pouring his heart out. It didn't mean a thing. Just to, just to, <laughs> just to wallow in the moment. Pop music so ab- abused and overused, manipulated, and employed in the service of the devil. It was to give the audience a laugh about how they're being manipulated every day. What the fuck? Every quote from David Chase, it's more and more like, I fucking hate you and I don't want to make television. Why am I even doing this? But I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Uh, and I guess like hearing it, I didn't get that obviously from watching it. Because I, I, initially, I think when I first watched it, I'm like, oh, is this just the same song in different languages? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it does show a disconnect when it when it's all of a sudden, obviously, a song in another language just dubbed over it and... And it's comical when you see Bobby and his eyes so <laughs> like watery and uh, and upset. Um, but yeah, what an interesting way of being like, yeah, people are so stupid. Why do they even watch TV? Listen to music? This is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, with that in mind, it makes even more sense. Um, Meadow going, "Oops, I did it again," yep. saying like, "Your dumb music is no better or worse than my dumb music." <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true, and. A lot of people have called out, although there's not like a direct connection, obviously, but they did use that song. It's playing in the sub shop when um, Melfi sees her employee of the month uh, rapist. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Yes, so we're basically coming up on the end. I did want to mention that, of course, well, not of course, but like Janice is all over Ralphie now at this party and... I didn't take so much like, oh, Janice has a new interest. I thought I read it more as like, this is a party now. And, you know, after a funeral, it's okay if the thing, the dinner afterwards gets loud and like you're having a good time because you're supposed to be there celebrating their life and remembering it. But they're not doing any of that. They've forgotten why they're there. They're just having a good time. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess she's getting her hooks in Ralphie. I guess that's maybe that's why we have that random scene of her giving up her demo. It's like this weird passing of the torch because it yes. is such a it's such a uh, I don't want to say nothing scene, but it is funny that then the funeral director is just kind of like, OK, and he just puts it. <laughs> puts it down somewhere he uh, puts it under the his papers like it's uh sweeping it under the yeah. rug he looks disgusted he's like oh what get this out of here um and uh yeah no that does actually make sense because there's I, in my mind uh, having not watched any further uh, i can't imagine that uh that ralphie's like yeah i'm gonna keep going out with rosalie because uh you know she, he's just gonna be like oh she's just a crying mess these days what's what happened to that woman yeah, yeah it's like oh he just because he even has some comments like that in this episode where he's like oh i get what happened but i can't even yeah. sleep over there um so yeah wh- wh- what are your thoughts season three where do you think we're going here because again like you haven't seen these uh, uh seen the show before so wh- wh- where are you at 
I feel like season one and two were more self-contained, where if the same, like, if this was season two, it started the same way, I feel like, well, Ralphie's definitely going to be dead by the end, but instead it's like, we've now adjusted some positions within the family, and I feel like they're playing more of a long game now, moving forwards. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it it feels like with the things they're getting started, especially in this episode, with uh, Polly Walnuts and the FBI uh, plant and everything, it feels like they're going to start... Um, or just continue what's been going on more than before, where it felt like after season one, they pretty much finished everything going on in season one. And same with season two, like they wrapped it up pretty neatly. Um, and even the stuff they wanted to carry over, they couldn't because uh, Livia Soprano passed away. Um, so honestly, it has made it a bit all over the place, the season. So I'm not, I don't think this is the strongest season so far for me. Uh, I really like, I mean, season one is still incredibly good uh, in my mind. I really like season one. I think it's probably my favorite. Um, but this season also had some of my favorite episodes in it. Yeah, I think um, they definitely just wanted to play more with uh, like character in a, in a lot of ways in this season. But... I mean, it's hard to say that because then again, like they're hammering you over the head with Jackie Jr. like consistently throughout the season. They kind of stretch that a little too far, I'd say. Um, I will say, I, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I will say, I feel like seasons one, two, and three are kind of this weird chapter, like a separate chapter of The Sopranos to when now going into four, five, and six, like. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a weird, like, closing of this type of... Not that the show's completely different or anything like that, but I feel like, especially the way Tony is, Tony yeah. becomes more of a different... Not a different character, but... I don't know. We lose, I guess, the more humanity... The, the, human, the humane side of Tony. And maybe we're seeing that here in this finale anyways, like the way I'm talking about where I would almost expect him to care a bit more about the actual death of Jackie Jr. Um, But I totally feel, and and it could be just because like this finale airs March 4, 2001. Season four doesn't premiere till September 15th, 2002. So there's quite a big break. And of course we, 9-11 does happen. Uh, If you didn't know, (laughs) spoilers, (laughs) 9-11 happens in between the production. And again, like, yeah, that's a big world event. It's, this is a TV show, but I it, I think it affects, you know, it affects art, it affects writers and the points of view and what they want to say. And The Sopranos, from what David Chase has always talked about, it's always been about America. Yeah. And now we're getting, even when the show started, it, it had this more 90s fight club-ish point of view of like, it's over, you know, hey, we did it, like, but it's done now. But then when 9-11 happens, there's this more, like, People have that take, but now it's a more real Armageddon, like, we're not bulletproof, like, the, things are really over, like, I don't know. It's it's weird to describe, but I feel like there's this optimistic, uh, the end of the 90s, like, ah, the shit's done, fuck it, right? You know, fucking Mr. Rogers said we're special, but we ain't, <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker. But then when 9-11 yeah. happens, it's like, oh, no everyone we know is going to die and they're going to die horribly. And it like, this is actually the end. So, and I feel like Sopranos really mirrors that. And I'm really interested to get into season four and beyond because I've watched, 
Seasons one, two, and three, I've seen multiple times. I haven't really seen the later second half of Sopranos as many times as I'd seen the first three. Okay, that's super interesting to hear you say those <laughs> things. And at the start, when you were talking about that, I what it Fight Club did pop in my head, and I, and then you bring up Fight Club, and I'm like, I don't know if we're just super hack. <laughs> like, maybe we're both like, yeah, it's just like Fight Club. Uh, like, we're fucking film critics. We analyze things. Uh, but yeah, no, I was, it, like, it's super interesting to hear. Um, and the way it's going to change and shift, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that as well. It's a super, really interesting take. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm even more excited now to move forward, knowing that they're going to... Like, it's interesting the way you described it as, like, a new chapter moving forward, because... It's felt like they've pushed the limitations and this season's felt the most experimental where how they treat the story and what they get into and like how they treat side stories and things. It's That's the thing we've constantly brought out. It feels like it's all over the place. But what that really means is they're moving away from having a set focus of the whole season, which lets them get into more interesting things and have some great episodes, but they haven't quite nailed it yet all the time. Uh, so they have a lot of seasons moving forward to to. A, you sort of adapt that further and i'm i'm psyched yeah yeah same here uh uh, for the people uh following along on the podcast uh we we won't be taking a break in between where we watch something else between these just because we've kind of had a little sporadic fast few weeks so we do want to get right into season four I will yep. say that after season four, we definitely would want to wa- have a buffer between season four and season five. We'll figure that out. Most likely, I assume, it would be The Godfather. We're kind of overdue, I think, to watch The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, at this point. But uh, I don't think we have to do it yet. Uh, I do want to kind of just get right into season four and make sure that we're back on schedule with the podcast and get a weekly show for you every week for you, the listener. Mm, absolutely and if you want to do something for us the people who make the show why not go ahead and leave a review on itunes preferably a positive one uh let us know uh what you think of the show what you think uh is your favorite season so far in the seasons that have gone on uh and we'll uh, you know rate it on the show you can also find of course every show we do at showswhatyouknow.com we also do discuss other television shows from time to time <laughs> and uh jim has a podcast called jim and them which is very good you can find that at jimandthem.com or just uh, search on your podcatcher. I have a YouTube channel. I guess that's the main thing I'm selling around the block these days. Uh, Awesomepedia. Just look that up. You'll find it. And uh, what else, Jim? Well, I think there's just one more thing. What's that? Cut to black. <laughs>